This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 394, Immersive Ronto Experiences. Welcome again to another edition of gamesatwork.biz, your weekly podcast dealing with tech, fun tech, enticing tech, immersive tech, and a healthy dose of tech for those who need a side of tech. Uh, This is Michael Martin. I'm one of your co-hosts who was missing last week. Um, We're missing another Michael this week. That's what we kind of do. We swap in, we swap out, but we have that consistent factor. Mr. Andy Piper, who is here with us as a co-host number uh, one. Hmm. Whatever. Whatever Confusing, isn't it? Uh, I'm glad to be a, (laughs) I'm glad to be a, a rock of consistency in these strange and turbulent times. Uh, also, uh, you know, I'm just going to be talking to somebody called Michael. So you've got that consistency. There'll be a Michael involved, and they both sound the same. They've just got an American accent. You know, they just sound like Americans. So this, you know, you know what you're getting. You know what you're getting. Yeah. Good to good to exactly. see you. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Uh, have you in my have you in my headphones this uh, fine Friday as we record? Well, I, I'm glad to be here too, and and I'm glad to spend some time with you, um, as I have been spending time with family these last couple of days here for Thanksgiving in the U.S., which you know is is something that um, we we export to the rest of the world too, because when the crazy Americans are off for a couple of days, then the rest of the world relaxes just a smidge because you don't have all of us asking for things to be done. Um, and uh, on our days away from work, um, we not only like to eat good food, but we like to do some fun stuff and things that my family and I did this morning, mm. actually, of all times, is go to the Van Gogh Immersive Experience right here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Really? Uh, and apparently there are uh, versions of this in the Americas, Europe, and even APAC, where you can choose your city to do this. It is a... Um, a, a full-scale immersive experience. Uh, if you do- dial up the website, you can actually see like this very big room, very, very big room with lounge chairs in it where you are in the midst of pictures that come to life uh, around this particular artist. And it's was pretty darn amazing to be in the environment. Um, actually, they had a mock-up Andy of the bedroom uh, that you could go and take a selfie, you know, like, you know, hang out on the bed or maybe wear the hat or something. I, I didn't do that. That just felt like a little too much. Um, but it was a, it was really, really quite cool. And not only did you learn about the artist, you had an opportunity, a virtual reality experience as well, and kind of stroll through uh, various parts of France and see some of the environments that um, uh, inspired this artist and that he then captured in his painting. So, so very good stuff. So, so tell me more about this because when you told my, Michael and I that you were, you, you set aside time today to go to this exhibit, I didn't know what it was. Um, so, and I didn't look it up. Uh, and now I regret not having looked it up, but, uh, I, you mentioned it was a virtual, um, experience. So I 
somehow assumed, although I did wonder how you would achieve this at home, um, that you were all going to hang out together at home and do something with headsets or online. And obviously with headsets, you'd all need, all need one, presumably. Um, but now I'm seeing that, in fact, as you say, these are... Uh, this is a global exhibit um, and in different spaces in different cities in the world you can evidently go into the space um, there is one I've just found in London it's uh, it's near Brick Lane in the east of London um, I buy Spitalfields Market I wasn't aware that it has been there since last July I think in 2021 uh, and yes I, I t this has passed me by so tell us a little bit more about what what it is what you experience how it works is it do, do you go in with a and then have a headset thrust at you and have to sort of stand in a room what, what's going on well what was nifty was that a lot of it you didn't require wearing anything, which, you know, from our lengthy conversations around AR, VR, you know, I like, right? So uh, the the vast majority of it, you're in, in an experience uh, where it's darkened rooms, so you don't have natural light coming in from outside. And there are a number of projectors, uh, there are speakers, uh, and there are informative films at various stages. And there's artwork on the wall, too, so that you can get close to it. It's, it's not the you know, clarity's sake, it's reproductions. But you can see, for example, all the Sunflower series right next to one another, and you can compare and contrast the um, And then as you go into deeper and deeper into the exhibit, the, I'd say the centerpiece of it is this marvelously large room with these sort of beach chairs that you can sit in or bean bags or what have you. And all around you, uh, floor, walls all around you there's projections of various and sundry pieces of this artist's work wow. whether it's self-portraits or whether it is the starry night that i recall um and then things will move right so we, we've seen some of these kind of experiences too where the crabs for example paintings will begin to crawl around in the picture and then crawl down onto the floor and then they'll crawl around on the well and that was kind of a um it sounds a little gimmicky mm. maybe uh, but it wasn't it was more of can you imagine what these great artists if they had a, a, the availability and the accessibility to the, to the technologies we have today what they might create right because they did what they did with oils and a paintbrush mm. and now now when you think about what is possible it just blows what kind of art installations that are being done now mm. by artists that they may. So the only part of it, Andy, had the virtual reality. So you got to a room toward the end on a headset and then have that VR experience and swivel around a little bit on your chair while it was taking you on a guided tour. There was no, um, oh, let me touch this or let me uh, go over there or let me interact with that object. It was kind of like um, uh, you were on uh, almost like a, a experience where you sat in the car and so that was only a small part of it. The, the biggest part of it was that big room and that was really very interesting. I'm looking uh, again. This I'm being completely selfish here and looking at um, uh, my local um, opportunity to go and experience this as well. And it looks like for Londoners, um, folks in in London anyway, it's also available in the UK in Leicester, I think, um, and possibly other places that I missed on the list. 
Um, it's running through the middle of January. So, uh, yeah, I might have an opportunity to, to go. If you have, have a, a chance to do it, uh, the VR part of it in the end was nice, but the immersive experience just being in that room, that was really, really, uh, to me. What Interesting. And, um, as we leave this, there's one quote from Van Gogh that I had not heard before, but it, it caught my attention. I took a picture of it so I would not forget it, and I will say it exactly mm. right. And the quote is, if you hear a voice within you say, you cannot paint, then by all means, paint, and that voice will be silenced. And it was just a powerful, powerful quote because our inner voice is often and there are times when the right response is that inner voice says you can't pop. Wow. That's really meaningful. Cool that, that immediately makes me want to contact a friend of mine who's a, an artist herself, who's got a really good podcast, actually. Um, oh. She's just started with a friend of hers called Not A Real Artist. Um, so my friend, my friend, <laughs> my friend Iris, um, and, and her friend, they do a podcast called not a real artist. It's a talking heads type conversation about, you know, some of their struggles as artists or, uh, you know, really sort of learning to validate themselves in, in what they do and, and the art they create. And, uh, yeah, that, that what you just said, exactly that, that, that quote from Van Gogh, Van Gogh really, uh, reminded me of her and, and, and that. So I shall have to connect the dots at some point. Very exciting. Thank you for sharing well, that. We should definitely have her podcast referenced uh, on in the show notes mm. so that that way our listeners can go and find them as well. Very cool. So, so you found something rather interesting that you um, put into our show playlist around a resource called mynoise.net. <laughs> I almost called it .net, but that yeah. wasn't really the point. Uh, and it is all about soundscapes, which is kind of funny because there was a lot of soundscaping going on in the Van Gogh experience too. Right. Um, and tell me a little bit more about this. This is really nice cool. little connection. Uh, so this is literally somebody uh, who posted on the Fediverse about um, this. It popped into my feed as something that I hadn't come across. Um, so this is a website, mynoise.net, and uh, it's it's very similar, frankly, to a lot of the sort of white-brown noise apps you can get um, for your iDevice or whatever device you might have. I personally tend to use one of those when I'm on a flight, for example, and I just want to, you know, get some rest or something on top of the noise cancelling. It helps me just to relax, but um, this is running in a browser, and as well as sort of the raindrops or waves type things that you quite often have in those contexts. This has got uh, a really um, expansive set of options. Um, so it's giving you options for what you might want the noise for and, uh, and then giving you some really different things. So not just, as I say, not just sort of nature type things, I need to focus in a noisy environment. You get Irish coast, so sort of waves crashing, but you also get cafe restaurant because there's research that shows that background noise of a coffee shop helps to improve productivity, for example. Um, I need to calm down. I want to listen to uh, relaxing music. My room is too quiet. So let's have a primeval forest, <laughs> That's happened. you know. Um, 
I have ADHD, I work in an open space office, so maybe uh, have a pebble beach to block speech out. Um, I want to meditate. So um, I'm a role player who wants some background sounds for the, my, my games. So there's an RPG dungeon or a medieval village um, for, for those kind of circumstances. So really fun, uh, really fun. And there's a massive directory. Um, it's actually been around for a decade already, but I hadn't come across it before until this uh, serendipitous uh, toot uh, shared it in my feed this week. So it's uh, worth looking at. From so that was really cool stuff, and I imagine that this is super high quality, and that w one of the things when I've encountered this sort of thing before, the loop is so short. You're like, okay, there's that clink again of that particular coffee mug, right? Is like happens too frequently, so I'm sure. Okay, so uh, let's move on to something uh, that's also fun. And um, w when you shared this particular post, uh, the first thing that popped into my head was a, a poster of Abraham Lincoln saying, quote, don't believe. Um, and th this one is not Abraham Lincoln at all. This is around the great electric toaster hoax. Well, how many people knew uh, that this was a thing? I mean, I saw this headline on Hackaday um, and I will come clean and admit that a lot of our uh, links recently have been me and they've come from Hackaday um, because I spend a ton of time reading about the latest uh, interesting gadgets but um, this one's actually talking about something that happened on Wikipedia uh, over the last uh, decade and um, there's a, a story that was uh, reported on the BBC and it was also reported um, originally on Wikipediocracy uh, about the credibility of Wikipedia. Now, my wife and I spent some time talking about this because she's got a degree in library uh, science and is fascinated by you know curation and uh, uh, quality of knowledge, if you like. So this is a situation where, uh, up until recently, um, you, if you uh, asked Wikipedia who had created the electric, invented the electric toaster, it would tell you that uh, it was invented by a Scottish person uh, in the 19th <laughs> century. And um, this is not true. This is a hoax. This was uh, created because a university lecturer warned a class about using Wikipedia as a source. And then uh, the class uh, created um, an article about this 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 person who was a real uh, schoolboy um, or a real uh, student um, in the university and it somehow managed to get propagated and uh, continue from there so it's uh, it's just brilliant um, it's very funny um, and quite alarming that it took uh, such a long time to uh, uncover that this had been you know this this had happened so it's uh, it's a fun story um, there's also some notes in here about things that you assume that you know the answer to. So uh, everybody knows who Amelia Earhart is, but she didn't actually make it around the globe. Um, the first woman to fly solo around the world was Jerry Mach. Um, the person who did invent the toaster probably was... Uh, Frank Shaler um, from the US who filed a patent in 1909 
um, although that thing didn't look at all like a uh, toaster that you see today. So um, a lot of useful thought processes there about what you believe and read and information quality, um, verifiability and so on on, on the It just, just uh, you know, funny how a joke like that can propagate uh, and continue on and on, especially for something like, mm -hmm. you know, quickly identify. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it. Wikipedia is a fantastic, a phenomenal resource for the world, um, and it's one of the things that I continue to try to contribute, um, both uh, financially and occasionally with a nugget of knowledge or a bit of editing, but. Uh, Yes, it, it, knowledge comes to some sometimes at a price. It needs to be curated, looked after, fact-checked, all of those kinds of things. So, yeah, great story. So next up on our list is a, is a fun one from a Gizmodo about a particular iCloud feature, which is enabling an enormous scam. Uh, and this is the cat and mouse game that continues to go on and on around advertisers and folks that are uh, pretend that they're advertised they're them. So, Andy, do you use Apple's private relay? Is that something you've got switched on on your iOS device? Yeah. So it's the thing that when I connect to a a Wi-Fi network, I don't normally know about. Um, it will switch on and say, "Okay, we're gonna." Um, relay proxy all your stuff for you so that you have an extra level of protection I guess. Um, I don't have it constantly switched on um, I'm just opening my system settings to have a quick look here because um, I think that's really the the context in which um, that pops up to me uh, most often. I use the hide my email feature quite a lot as well but um, private relay is, yeah, it is switched on right now um, keeps my internet activity private. It hides my IP address and browsing activity in Safari, not necessarily in other uh, browsers, and I don't use Safari most of the time, and protects unencrypted internet traffic. Um, so I've also got it set to maintain my general location rather than just my uh, uh, country and time zone. I've got it set to maintain roughly where I am in the world uh, specifically. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I do use it. But it turns out that um, so do a lot of scammers, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's the that's the troll trick. You know, if you're able to spoof those addresses that Apple is to hide other real people's IP traffic, you can now fake it. And that's exactly what's going on. So again, cat and mouse on a lot of levels. And it's just uh, an enormously silly thing and a funny thing for this to be operating well, this way. Well, it's, it's interesting, though, because it's also making uh, the note a, point, a couple of points that are worth, worth noting from the story. So um, it's commenting that according to the research, the ad, ad company that's done the research, and you have to wonder what's why an ad tech company would be sort of pointing to this as a problematic thing but the ad tech company is saying that 90 percent of the web traffic is fraudulent and will cost us advertisers around 65 million dollars this year um so that doesn't have an effect on the apple users it has a uh cost to the uh, advertisers right and um 
Also, it comments here that the study found that the bots are clustering around groups of domains and specific uh, websites that display ads, right? So it's really focusing on the most traffic sites, right? So um, again, you have to have to wonder. So I mean, the really, really what they're advising is that they're, they're advising the ad tech companies and sites to block private relay because it's interfering with their model, right? Um, Right. So, you know, is that a problem for us, you and I as users? Not really. Um, but it's obviously, to some extent, proving that this system that Apple has stood up, held up as, you know, look look how great this is, um, may not be as foolproof as they claim it is. But I wonder to whose benefit or disadvantage that is. I, you know, I, to me, it's funny. I think it's both the advertiser, right? You know, so that's their problem. And it is also the problem of, of Apple in this regard, because you could easily see now that you will say, hey, wait a minute. If you're using private relay and you're coming from these numbers, yeah. I'm just going to give you a degraded experience, right? right? So, so the answer is yes. Right. <laughs> it's, it's probably both. Right. Um, so... Uh, this next article that we've got here is is uh, a really intriguing one um, because in this day and age, things data gets bigger, uh, and and also you know things get smaller as we're able to discern more and more insight and information. Think about what's going on in in Switzerland, for example, when you smash atoms together to see what comes out of them, and apparently. Um, I didn't know this until I saw the article from you, is that the General Conference on Weights mm. and Measures has come up with a, an additional set of metric prefixes. Again, this is a Hackaday uh, article which um, caught my attention. And, and uh, I love language and I love measurements. And uh, so previously you've had sort of if you, the, the, the easiest one probably to think of from a technology perspective is, you know, your bytes, kilobytes, megabytes etc going up to uh terabytes and and then yotta uh, yotta bytes and so on um yep uh, which was the yotta byte was the previous top of the scale um and uh now you have two more that go beyond that so you have a uh, a ronabyte and a quetabyte um and going down the scale uh for, for tiny um you have uh, you'd have uh, in, well, this is the, the example they give here is a is a, a measure for a watt. So uh, you have yakto watt, ronto watt, and quecto watt. Now, um, this is talking about the fact that this is much more practical now because the sun now weighs two thousand quetograms instead of two billion twenty billion. I can't read the number yottograms. So it's uh, giving us a smaller uh more meaningful number uh but yes it's it's pretty funny previously they've had to sort of chain prefixes in order to go up or down but now uh they're trying to come up with simpler ones and the 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 joke here too about helibytes you know would have been a great one because we would have remembered it but that was not approved So we are we're stuck with what we're stuck yeah. with. Yeah. Well, it, it's a good point here as well because you have to be thoughtful about 
what words and prefixes might mean in different languages. So, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, they, they, they had to reject some on the basis that uh, they, they were too close to words that were not okay in different languages and so on. So um, it's, uh, it's super fun. So we're, we're almost at our time for today, but we've got a couple of other ones uh, to celebrate maybe as we're, we're closing out this holiday episode. Um, and this, this one is from autoblog.com. Uh, it caught my eye because we've talked about topics like this before about added cost subscription packages for vehicles where you might say, I'd like to have my heated seats as a subscription, as a service, because uh, do I want my heated seats in the summertime? Uh, <laughs> spoiler, yes. <laughs> um, and this particular article, well, the thing that caught my eye and that made me um, uh, smile the most is that New Jersey is actually, so it's one of the states in the United States, is going through at least had um, put in place legislation banning vehicle subscription services. So the article in question here is talking about Mercedes uh, uh, that was going to increase uh, the acceleration and <laughs> torque by as much as 24% by, you know, by, you know, pay me some more money and your car will perform better. <laughs> um, and the fact that New Jersey has actually introduced legislation that says if the manufacturer has sold you a car or you might be able to think about any device really um, it would prohibit them from charging to activate what is already embedded with you mean that you can't play gran turismo and get power-ups for your vehicle for virtual coins um, with a real vehicle you have to get what you pay for in the first place it's uh yes it's the the auto industry's attempt to sort of plug in dlc uh, as a model to <laughs> to 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 real vehicles i i yeah i find it interesting i'm, I'm wondering how well this is going to work out we've spoken about this as you say before about uh it, you know the the potential aftermarket in in hacks to enable uh the the whatever it is in the car firmware for free without requiring the subscription but yes and we shall see how far new jersey's law goes to uh, fixing the problem for the rest of the world yep and i imagine it'll do some so leaving everyone with uh, a little more fun from a holiday experience uh andy you found this and you've actually found some really cool features of it as well there's a website called marvelorder.com which we'd recommend you try to open on a laptop versus a phone or tablet device because it has some yeah it's a timeline horizontally scrolling timeline of um well, I mean, I thought originally, and I think I must have opened it on a, an iPad or something or, or, or iPhone previously, but um, I thought it was a timeline of all the MCU movies. But actually, by default, I, I was talking to Michael at the top of the, before the show and discovered it had way more than that. It had all the Sony Marvel movies and, 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 and lots of other stuff in there as well that I, I hadn't watched. Uh, one of the things I discovered on the desktop version, which I hadn't noticed on the mobile version, was that along the middle of the timeline, you've got the ability to click and say whether you've seen the thing. Um, I filtered it now to the list, so it's showing me the Marvel viewing order. 
Um, it also has a Marvel Phase Zero, which is the stuff before the start of the official Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's got some of the Fox stuff and other things. You can filter it by storyline as well, um, which is quite fun. But I've just been scrolling through and trying to figure out what I have and haven't seen. Um, in the MCU, uh, there are some things that I haven't seen. You can also uh, click in and, and, and watch, uh, click in to watch things on um, a particular um, thing. I think it's defaulting to Prime Video. Um, you can edit um, the information on GitHub. So this is an open source thing as well. Um, so yeah, where am I up to? I haven't seen, I don't know what Deadpool's maximum reactions was. I think that may have been one of the sort of in-between movies trailer type things. I haven't seen Eternals still. Um, uh, I haven't seen Ms. Marvel. Um, I did watch... Uh, I haven't watched Werewolf by Night. I did watch Wakanda Forever recently. And I'm about to watch uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which was released today on Disney+. Plus. So I'm looking forward to that. I saw the trailer. It looks super fun. I'm really looking forward to, to watching that this weekend. You know, Andy, I, I did the list here of show me all of the movies yeah. and the recommended watching sequence. Yeah. And um, the, the, yeah, there's a few in there that are interspersed, like a funny thing happened. on. The oh, movie. yes. I've seen that one. Yeah. yeah. You know, and um, and you can edit on GitHub. So I, I guess if I disagreed on the detail or, or that order, maybe, you know, I can crowdsource my way into saying, no, 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 you should watch that one uh, right after Iron Man 2. You could try. I mean, I don't think you'd be successful, but yeah, you could give it a go. Be, but... <laughs> well, and anyway, the, the thing the thing that scared me the most was there's way too... <laughs> here. <laughs> and then it goes forward as well for the next four years. So, uh, yeah, you realize just how much Marvel you've got to watch um, coming up. Yeah. Amazing. Well, uh, winding things down for today, um, there was a, a, a quick hitter that we saw hit, uh, come out just now from our friends from Cards Against Humanity. They oftentimes do a holiday special of sorts. Uh, this is no exception. And they have a website called 200%offsale.com. And they have this great box where you can put your cards from Cards Against Humanity in it. And um, apparently, uh, they will pay you <laughs> they will pay you to take the box 200% off, right? Um, so that just went live while we we're recording the show as other things are going on. There, apparently there's some football match that some people. Um, and uh, we're just playing around with this a little bit. So I, I've now gotten Andy to the screen where it says it's time for you to once and for all select all images containing well we're a family show so we'll just say um uh uh sphincters oh we'll nice. just use that okay right so uh it is a full screen oh no worth of captcha <laughs> of all kinds of people um and uh individual animals and a whole bunch of other things too so you have to pick you know which are which are correct and which are incorrect. Betty White, she gets selected for me. But there's Jafar from Aladdin, and he would definitely qualify. So the the price is ticking upwards in the meantime, right? So the longer you take on all of these yes. uh, things, um, 
Yeah. Yes. So somebody's managed to get all the way through this, and the current savings is 199.98% right now. Wow. Someone managed to get through all. Yeah. I, I'm, oh, there's I a keep, picture of Martin Luther. Is he? I keep getting, um, I keep getting all of these uh, tanks wrong. I'm guessing it's because some of these are water tanks instead of military tanks. So I've got to make sure there's Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, is in this list. There's tank. There's a gas tank, gas canister. Yeah, is Thomas that a tank the tank engine. He's a he's a tank. Yeah. More tanks. Uh, those are tanks. Uh, yeah, I can tell how this could get. And there's a little uh, corner icon uh, with an option to just pay the full price. Um, yes. If you get <laughs> so, bored with so, uh, so probably what's going to happen tanks. is they'll be all out. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even getting through these. I'm not, I haven't got as far as you did, I guess. So, never mind. Well, there we go. I don't get an empty box for my Cards Against Humanity cards, but they also have uh, uh, tiny Cards Against Humanity cards um, yes. that are smaller than a banana. Smaller than a banana. Yeah, yeah, those are great. I love that. Well, we'll, we'll leave it here for all of our listeners. Uh, check out the new podcast that we're referencing on art and artists uh, do give a chance uh, if you choose to, to try to win your cards against humanity. Uh, probably by the time you hear this, that will be all over because that these things go very quick. Um, and uh, let us know some of your famous and fun family traditions and for your holiday period. Uh, we'd love to talk about them. We'd love to engage with you and you can find us on a variety of sources including our new presence uh, over on mastodon so awesome. drop us a line it's been great seeing you michael and great to talk about all that stuff and uh, yeah we look forward to having you join us again on games that wait to bits thanks all see ya you've been listening to games at work.biz the podcast about gaming technology and play we are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at gamesatwork underscore biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz. Music